We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. myself up good morning grinders welcome to the dfs pregame show here on roto grinders i'm jordan cooper aka blender at blender hd if you want to follow me on twitter and it's thursday may 5th it's cinco de mayo right is it what do you got i got a i got a fruity drink right or something do you drink something i got mango juice what mango smoothie whatever for cinco de mayo i don't know i don't i don't do anything for cinco de mayo i don't know but it is may 5th and we still got baseball on. We got MMA coming up this uh, this weekend. We got soccer stuff. We got NBA playoffs. There's stuff going on. PGA. People got PGA lineups running. And we got you guys in the YouTube chat, right? I answer your questions. I normally do. Give me those thumbs ups. Give me the thumbs ups early in the morning. Wake me up. Smarts Mimic, Suki Singh, Don Montgomery, right? He knows it's Cinco de Mayo in the chat. He knows it's there. So give me those thumbs ups. Kickstart. Good morning. Uh. We got, we got, uh, we got uh, not much, not much to do today. We don't got much to do today. We got a small, small baseball slate later today, right? Six forty-five. It's kind of spread out, right? We got the three late games. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six total. We had two slates yesterday. I played the early slate. Didn't go very well. 
when you, when when you don't have chalk John Birdie uh, with the two home runs, uh, that's that's going to be a problem. Going to be a problem for you. Uh, with some Bumgarner get thrown out of the game in the first inning, I didn't have him or anything, but but uh, yeah, that that'll that'll help the Marlins just a little bit. So didn't do didn't do well at all. Got, got zero back, right? We play, only played five lineups, but whatever. Then uh, in the in the late normal main slate, whatever. Uh, basically, it's uh, it was uh, Angels plus Brewers plus Peralta plus Giolito, and you're pretty much you're done. You're right, you're done. I think that I, it was that the, the the winning lineup, or pretty much. I mean, you could do kind of like five five. Okay, here's a Brewers Brewers stack. Right, Rowdy Tellers had two home runs. You got all these guys and then three one-offs, right? 16, 16, 16, you're good, right? Brick 75, Milwaukee stack, and, and, and Dodgers. Okay, the Dodgers did. Oh, they put up nine runs. Okay. I thought the Angels would come in more, right? Kikuchi had a good game against the Yankees for 6,300, 27 points. Daladino here, here, 5-3, right? When, when we have, you'll see that when teams score more, Stacks rule the day. So it, it, it's not it's not a coincidence that a lot of sharp players are at the top of leaderboards, right? Uticao here, five-man Milwaukee stack. I mean, they scored 18 runs, so you pretty much needed Milwaukee. I just thought it would be Milwaukee plus the Angels. But the Dodgers, I guess, I mean, it's Milwaukee five, and then you fill it in. Yeah, here you go. Here you go. There you go. Lethal Bizzle. I don't know what that means. But yeah, Max Stassi, Anthony Rendon, Shoei Otani. Oh, you didn't even need Otani. Could add someone else. And so they had they had what four home runs yesterday. There's another one right here. Red Sox, right? Okay, with the with the snowflake. Close enough, right? Look at the scores. Two hundred, right? Like teams actually decided to hit yesterday, right? Eighteen runs, ten runs. The ten runs. Oh, ten runs for the Angels. Nine runs for the Dodgers, right? Wasn't that bad yesterday? I should have. Maybe I should have played. Maybe I should have played the, the the main slate, except for the early. The early slate was just mm-mm-mm. not much going on. But uh, but yeah. But I mean, straightforward. I mean, if you take a look at it, you know, just exposures across the board. I mean, Peralta, Giolito. It's, it wasn't that. It wasn't that complicated yesterday. And 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 the Brewers were the. the it looks like the Brewers were the chalkiest stack. Right. A lot of people play Bundy. Wow. 19% owned. Yeah. That was a mixed bag. Right. We have a bunch of people that didn't play any Bundy. Right. So, yeah. The, oh, so the Brewers were chalk. Okay. So if I would have played yesterday, maybe I wouldn't have had, the, I wouldn't have had a Brewers five man anyway. Okay. Maybe I wouldn't have. Uh, and if, and if you're, and if you're, uh, if you're playing golf, by the way, uh, Paul Casey is withdrawn. So all those lineups are dead. What's up with Paul Casey? Paul Casey used to always play. Uh, from my time playing PGA DFS, Casey is like is always like seventy eight hundred or to eighty three hundred, and always chalky, and then never comes in the top ten. Comes, it gives you an eighteenth place finish, or he kills you, depending on how high owned he is. The higher owned he is, the more likely he's going to do bad. But that was a wall. That was a long time ago. But he's withdrawn. You can't take him out of your line. So there's, there's nothing you could do. He's, you're dead. You're dead. Uh, Nate Branchaw says, uh, stacked five most expensive Dodgers last night since everyone played Giolito and Peralta. Okay. I don't know what pitchers you would have played. Like I said, I didn't play the slate last night. Pr- Bradish? 
just play play Kyle Bradish at fifty five hundred. That's what it seemed like. The he was the highest owned like cheap cheap guy. Gombert sixty seven hundred. Hendricks at seventy four hundred. Shannon Lambert says that Ward is totally juicing. Tyler Ward, Taylor Ward, whatever. Maybe he's just good now. Who knows? Taylor Ward, Alex Santi says he has an 8.5% barrel rate coming into the season. He's just hot, but not without power on a regular basis. Okay. Okay, whatever. Looking at the slate yesterday. Right, no, the cheap pitcher. I, I guess Kikuchi was the cheap pitcher that did well, right? Well, I mean, Gomber did well, 22 points. But essentially, if you just had Peralta and Giolito and you had the Brewers, you, you, you had a shot. You got a shot at first. Okay. Feel free to type in the YouTube chat. I don't know what to talk about today, right? It's hard to review a slate I didn't really play, but most likely taking a look at uh, at the at the exposures. Uh, the Brewers were chalk, and I probably I probably would have had less of that. Maybe I would would have had more of the Angels. Maybe I would have had a five man Angels, and and still would have lost, right? It's because I didn't have the Brewers, right? Tellers puts up. I was telezones. 18% ownership. He has 48 points. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably be dead. Probably would have been prob- better off, better off for the contrarian players. Not to play yesterday. Well, I mean, I played contrarian on airless late. That didn't work out. Right. Because then that now the chalk case. Okay. You move on to the next slate. We got an early slate today, but it's only two games. So I don't know what's going on. Uh Kickstart says, Have you talked about the MMA slate yet? Not, not yet. I haven't I haven't finished my sheet. I was still working on it. I still have to update a bunch of this. And ownership across the board. There's not much around that. RG doesn't have ownership posted yet. A whole bunch of other sites don't. So there's nothing really to do. I'm just kind of, you know, updating the odds and whatever. It's a good slate, MMA-wise. 15, 15 fights. I like the large slates. Two five-round fights, right? Two title fights. It's a pay-per-view. So there's a lot, a lot of ways to get different. A lot, a lot of ways. Because we got a bunch of guys that got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven fighters, 9K or above, right? And none like ridiculous uh, favorites. I think Fialio right now is the largest favorite, minus 370. But 70%, 70, 80% win chances isn't isn't like 90 plus percent win chances. And inside the distance lines of minus 200 and stuff. It's like, okay, these are, you know, these are reasonable. So I'm still updating. I'll be updating this uh, after the show. We'll talk about it tomorrow. There's nothing I don't I don't have owner. I mean, I'm, I have one ownership source, and who knows how correct that is. So there's nothing there's nothing to judge right now. So like a Vince St. Pro, oh, you got to got to play him. He's under owned at twenty percent. I don't know. Is he going to be twenty percent? I have no idea. I've not looked around. I've not read everything. Nate Branshaw asked, "Would you say on most lights that playing two stud pitchers limits the ceiling of your lineup?" No. Now, right, Alex, Alex replied, salary doesn't equal points in baseball. It wouldn't limit, the ceiling is whatever. Any, and I mean, dude, any hitter could hit three home runs. I mean, not many, but I mean, they can. Most of the time in the past, and correlation matters so much in baseball that if I could get two ceiling outcomes out of two stud pitchers, like, all I need is, is one like weird team to score 12 runs. And that happens. That happens more often than you think. Weird teams, not the Dodgers, right? Not the not the, the Yankees. 
So I don't, I don't, I, I prefer to play two stud pitchers. But what I prefer to do is do what the field isn't. The differences between lineups and MLB in DFS is not that dramatic. You're stacking and you're, you're, you know, you're reasonably decent at pitcher because it's a little bit less variant. You could legitimately play any two teams, like anyone, for any reason. So, like, that doesn't limit the ceiling. Like, on this slate coming up tonight, what? If I'm going to play, what? McClanahan, Nola? I mean, there's really no stud pitchers. Tonight's slate, the, the, you don't even have to pay up. What? McClanahan's 9,700. Logan Webb is 9,400. Aaron Nola's 8K. So, Aaron Nola's going to be mega chalk. Right? Robbie Ray against the, 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 the Rays, 8,800. But you can see here on the bat projections, the pitching the, for, for a lot of these pitchers right in the middle range, like there's what a difference of one or two points median wise. You can get away with anyone. Right. Directional bias says even the minimum salary last batter in the order could hit a grand slam. Right. Didn't we have the uh, Kevin Smith or whatever the A's guy? Right? He was barely owned. He's like minimum price up oh, grand slam. Right. The ceiling is the, the, the floor of every batter is zero and the ceiling is who knows. Be anything, depending on how many people are on base and, and stuff like that. Right. You get you get position players uh, throwing pitches at the end of the, you know, they're up 12 runs. You get batting practice in the eighth inning. People dramatically overthink MLB DFS. Dramatically. I mean, whatever you're thinking about, like nuance-wise, just get rid of it. it get rid of it. it, it once, once you learn the basics, you could survive with just the basics. But, but most people that are asking those questions don't know the basics. Jerry Mann says, first question I ask myself before building lineups, what am I willing to do today that the field is not? Leverage is everything. Yeah, that's especially in the smaller slates, right? There's, the, there's, there's not many choices. The opportunity cost isn't isn't as much. It's like, what does the field do? Like, oh, maybe look, look at the obvious stuff. Like the most obvious stuff is like, okay, who's going to be owned, right? Oh, the Nola, Nola is going to be mega chalk against the Mets, so maybe stack the Mets. That would be that would give you the most leverage. Shane McClanahan is going to be popular. You could just stack against Robbie Ray, play the Rays. That's obvious. Doesn't mean it's the most likely, though, but those are just obvious forms of leverage. Right? If people are paying up twice a pitcher and uh, playing this cheap under, you know, under underpriced stack, well, then maybe you pay down a pitcher and you pay up and you overpay for some, some batters and they're going to be 2% owned. Maybe you do that. You can do a mix of everything. The last two nights, uh, Brett Booth says, I've picked the right teams, but haven't had the right combos. Yeah, that, I mean, that's wel- welcome to MLB DFS. Welcome, right. Even if you're building like one, if you're doing single entry, three max or something, it's a, them's the breaks. That's what it is. When we take a look at the bat projections today. If I just click through, see what shows up. Right now, oh, he still got oh, I got with Miranda. We still got the Miranda dude at twenty one hundred. So he's going to be mega on his first base eligible now. Thought he was third. As of right now, according to the bat, 
We got Minnesota and Houston, like literally a full Minnesota stack. One, two, three, four, five for the bat. Ray, Nola, Sanchez, Miranda, Correa, Kepler, Bucks. Who's pitching? Who's pitching for the ball? Spencer Watkins. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> now I understand. So is Minnesota going to be chalky? Is it going to be Minnesota plus Nola plus Ray? And then, and then you could fit in Houston. I don't know what the totals are. Who's Detroit pitching? Well, they're they're playing a, a Tariq Skubal. We could see, right? You could, I mean, Chris Archer, there's not much sample size on. Maybe you play the Orioles against him. People are too confident on, on Archer, but I don't know if Archer's going to be that old. It doesn't seem like with these pricing that with these prices that you're really that prohibited. Look, look, you could fit in. Look, look at this stack. You fit in Houston, Solaire, five man Minnesota stack at, at the, with Buxton in it. It's not like it's cheap, cheap. And you still get Nola and Ray tonight. I have to, I have to think that that, that that's going to be chalky. I mean, if we go through team by team, go through the hitters, but I'm assuming the Mets don't project well at all, right? Yeah, definitely not. You could play them. Let's say you play them, you know, instead of Nola, right? Because here's the, here's the high. Here's the. Let me just show you like, like the difference. This lineup, this this optimal, currently bad X projections, with the projected starting lineups. Remember this. Who knows? Who maybe Miranda isn't in today? Who knows? Is one hundred and ten point four seven. That's the mean projection, the average, right? Fiftieth percentile. But let's say you wanted to say, okay, I want to stack. I'm going to get rid of uh, get rid of Nola. So we're not going to be able to play Nola in the lineup and play the Mets. Okay, and it's at the highest amount of leverage, right? You go. You're going to play Canha. Let's see. We're going to lock in Canha, right? Got to play like the be- the better point per dollar plays, right? We play Pete Alonso. We play five man stack, right? We pay for Mar. Do we play Dominic Smith? Well, we can't play Dominic Smith if we're playing Pete Alonso. We're playing Brandon Nimmo. Right? Just pick whatever. Like Jeff, do we play Jeff McNeil at second base? Maybe we do. Do we play Lindor at short? I don't know. Right. Altuve's there. Correa at forty six hundred. Let's play. Let's play Lindor instead. Play Lindor and. We need a catcher, right? So you play Nido just for just, just whatever. Fill it in your stack, okay? And we got rid of Nola. So what would this what would this lineup project as if I just filled in the best available players, projected players? Okay. So there you go. You would play Altuve, Anderson, Ray, Urquidy, if we, and Buxton, right? If you want the if you want the highest mean lineup, median lineup, ninety six point two three, okay. What was the what was the optimal? What was the one that like you can't make a better line? You can't make a better median lineup. Median, remember, a better median lineup, one hundred and ten. Okay, this lineup projects fourteen points lower than that optimal. Okay, what's fourteen points in Major League Baseball? In baseball, in DFS, that's a solo home run. That's it. That's all fourteen points are. One swing of a bat is 14 points. So the difference between playing the uber chalk Minnesota stack five man plus the two chalkiest pitchers 
is 14 points. That's it, right? One, one of your Mets hits a home run. Now, now, now both, both lineups are equal. But if I told you that this lineup starts off with a, a Francisco Lindor home run, both lineups would now have be equal projection wise, right? This line, and look how low on this lineup is compared to that line. Okay. You're playing the one that look 1%, 2%, 4%, 1%, 3%, 6% pitcher, right? So the difference, even this is the probably the worst projected stack on the slate, probably, is the Mets against Nola. Yet playing a five-man stack of them and no Nola in your lineup, who is the, one of the best projected pitchers on the slate, is a difference of 14 points. Not 40 points, 14 points. One home run, one solo home run, right? Imagine multiple people on base. Lindor gets on base. Nimmo gets on base. Alonzo hits the home run. Yeah, you now, now you're, you're higher than the other guy, right? The differences between lineups and MLB is not as dramatic as you think because there's so much variance involved. Now, how often does a five-man Met stack come in compares into the Minnesota stack? Much less. But the ownership difference is much more. So playing this lineup, this would be a plus pipe. This would be a plus EV lineup. Would I would I want to make 150 of these lineups? Probably not. Right. But you could do that with any stack. So like let's say we the raise, right? The like you the leverage spots, right? We're talking about these leverage spots. Let me go put put uh Nola back in. And now I'm gonna take off take out uh Robbie Ray. Where we go? We're going to all. Right. We'll take out Robbie Ray and then let's play. Let's look at a five man Ray stack, right? Against Robbie Ray. Play Margot. Try to play, probably play the righties against him, right? Play that. Right. We play Wander Franco at shortstop. Play Zanino to fill a catcher spot and play uh, either Ramirez or Yandy Diaz. Let's play, let's play Yandy. Let's play Yandy. Okay. And then we press the, the optimize button, right? So there you go. And you're still getting, you're getting no, now you're getting Nola and Urquidy. Mancini, Altuve, Buxton as one-offs. 103.778. They had 7.8. And you're only spending 48.8. So you're leaving 1,200 on the table and your mean projection is 103. How many points lower than the optimal is that? Seven. What is that? That's an RBI double. That's it. The difference between this lineup at this ownership and the Minnesota stack with the two chalk pictures is an RBI double. That's it. That's it. That's the difference between the two lineups. Seven points. Yeah. It's less likely. True. But look, I'm I'm taking the highest leverage stacks there are. And the difference between the lineups are less, are a home run or less. So if I could build a lineup like this and go, okay, this is a plus EV lineup. I think it would be better off if I don't even play Altuve and Buxton. Let's say I don't even play Altuve, but I don't want to play chalk one-offs, let's say in this lineup. Let's just, you know, I'd rather not. So I'm going to go in. I'm going to X out, uh, I'm going to X out Buxton, Right. I'm going to X out Altuve and let's see. Look. Altuve. 
Let's see what shows up now. Okay, 101. And I have, uh, maybe I don't want to play a Chucky Bregman one-off, so I get rid of him also, right? I'm trying to get the lowest ownership I can with this stash. Okay, this isn't bad. Okay, Aggie Archism. So, oh, here's a three-man, just naturally happened, three-man Miami. So it's 5-3, Tampa Bay, three Miami. Based on our current ownership, pretty low-owned, right? All single digit. This lineup has a, has a, a mean projection of 100. What's the optimal? 110. It's less than a home run. And you're playing a 5-3 Rays Marlins lineup with Nola. Let's say we take out Nola. Let's okay, let's take out Nola also. I, you know, at this point, you don't need any more leverage, right? You, you, you're not going to need any more. But let's just let we do it for shits and giggles. Take out Nola. So now we're playing Lazardo, Urquidy, Mancini, Chisholm, Solaire. Maybe you don't want to play Mancini. Ah, Mancini's too high up. I'm not saying you should. I mean, you don't need to at this point. But you have, you, have, you have enough leverage as it is. But let's just say, oh, Miranda, oh, Miranda. Oh, I don't want to play Miranda. He's going to be a million percent up. Right. Okay, now we're down to single digit. Okay, 50K, 96. Okay, so there's still a home run difference. And now you're playing Lazardo, your Urquidy, Hoskins, Chisholm, Solaire. There you go. I mean, this is all within a one home run. And these, this is the highest leverage stack you could play, right? I literally am fading the two highest owned pitchers and stacking against one of them. And obviously a stack against one of them is also a low owned stack. So like, look, this would be the lowest projected. This would be the lowest lineup that you could play. The most leveragey type of lineup you could play. And still the difference is a home run. That's it, right? And people are scared. People are, ah, how do you do that? On this on, the, on this given slate, sometimes these type, sometimes stacking against you know Scherzer or whoever, with the, the Oakland A's or something really bad, really bad team baseline. Sometimes, yeah, the the, the, the projections will be 20, 20, 25 points. Even then, the two home runs. Well, you have a lot more to make up. But look, on this slate coming up, the six game slate, the highest leverage lineup that that that, that re- within reason, obviously. A leverage stack and not and then playing a stack against the chalk pitcher and not playing the other chalk pitcher is still a, a swing of the bat. So that's why it's like like how the difference between this lineup and that lineup. How could that change with one swing of the bat? Because it's a solo home run, right? Fourteen points in NBA. You need to do a lot of things, right? Even in football, to make fourteen points in projection in NFL DFS. I mean, a touchdown is six, right? a catch for a three yard catch for 50 yards. And like, you need to do more stuff. Baseball is one swing of the bat. So don't concern yourself so much with how much for uh, this one's giving up five points projection. This one's giving six points projection. Is that, is that too much? Like as long as, as you're going down in projection, you're getting less ownership. You're fine. That's the general concept. Don't care about, well, what, what proportion, what one-to-one. Should you play a lineup that's 14 points lower projected that's similarly owned as a lineup that's seven points lower projected? Probably not. You're sacrificing seven points in mean, mean projection for what? For no owner, for no ownership. That doesn't make any sense, right? So you probably shouldn't be doing those types of lineups if you have better lineups available to you. That's it. What's that number going to be? Who knows? Every slate is different. 
So you could look, and depending on the on the projections that you use and the ownership, right? That ownership isn't perfect. Projecting ownership is is, is tough. And you go, it's like, oh, what team is under on? What team is over on? So like, look, I mean, look, I built the, the lineups that people would say nuts on this slate. If I went on Grinders Live later today, I said, yeah, I'm stacking against Nola with the Mets and I'm stacking against Rays with the, with the, the Ray, uh, the stacking against Ray with the Rays. People go, oh, you nuts. It's like, well, I'm not really that nuts. The differences are less than one swing of a bat. Right. Some slates maybe would be more than that, but in these slates, it's, it's not. I, I look, I just ran it. I just showed it to you. So when people view my lineups and go, oh my God, you're, you're stacking the Dodgers against Carlos Rodon the other day. Oh, you're wasting money. Like if the Dodgers are going to be 2% owned, I'm not. It's not going to happen that often, but I, I mix those types of things in. When something like that happens, I benefit from it. I don't know when it's going to happen though. So that's why I do it all, right? <laughs> Uh, going through the YouTube chat. Uh, Brett Booth asks, uh, when doing homework and looking for plus EV lineups, do you find it's better to go team by team or look across the blend to keep refining by lowering your max phone ownership? I mean, I typically, I, I mean, I'm, I'm choosing teams based on their, their average ownership in general, right? I look at that. The average ownership of a five-man stack from that team, is it over-owned or under-owned? And then from there, then I'm, then I'm looking for the under-owned teams. And there I could be like, well, what combinations work best? <coughs> but I'm building primarily on a team by team basis, not a not on individual bats. Nate Branchroth says, uh, I feel like in baseball, people are most overconfident in a player doing well, especially in single entry and three max, consistently see hitters 45% plus owned. Yes. That's why I that's why I don't play. Right? Just if 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 Birdie. It's two home runs, then I'm just dead. And then just that happens. If 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 in single entry three max, the the 33% on stack on a nine game slate goes off, then I just lose. That's just the way it is. Directional bias says you won't really know if your process is plus EV until it manifests as such. Pretty tricky when assessing your own process. Yes. Especially in baseball, it's very highly varied. You're gonna need a good, you're gonna need easily need a season or more. For you to go, oh, okay, this, this, what I'm doing is plus EV. What I'm doing is plus ROI. Like I said, like, like me, like I'll play the entire season. I'm looking to bink once, twice, three, three. If I, if I win first, if I come in the top five, more than in a large field GPP, more than five, six, seven times, I'm, I'm good for the, I'm good for the season, the whole year. If I win once, I'm, I make a, I probably make a small profit, right? If I bink once, it depends on how many other top 10, top fives. If I bink twice, I'm made. I'm good. Yeah. If I win two GPPs, that's all I need. I'm good. Wildly profitable. Three, I'm, I'm rolling around like a pig and shit. Okay. How many slates are we going to play in an MLB season? 150, 180, 200. You count early lates. I'm playing for those three. I'm playing for three slates. That's it. I don't know what three slates they're going to be. So I just got to play the way I play. And just when, when those, they happen, they happen. And usually they happen. Oh, uh, let's see. 
right? Daniel Hutchins says that one, that's exactly the 121 single entry on DK is the soft. I think I personally think is the softest single entry contest on DraftKings. So softer than the lowest, softer than anything in the lower states. The 121 is typically, there's tons of cash lineups thrown in there. Tons. The, 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 the ownership is, is way out of whack. Like stacks in the main GPP that are like 10% owned are 3% owned in single entry. And stacks in the main GPP, like Milwaukee yesterday, in the single entry probably were like a third of the lineups. It's like, what? why, why should that be that owned on a slate of that size? Right now, when that went now, when this, the chalk hits, you, you, you're screwed, but it doesn't happen as often as you think in MLB. And it also has a good payout structure, right? Joe, Joe, and chat says, right? It's like 5,000, 4,000, 3,000, 2,500. Like it's nice and flat up top. Directional bias says my liners will either win or not cash. Most players seem to be okay with just cashing. That's right. Those are the people that we're taking advantage of. In the long run, they're bleeding to the rake. The path to profitability apparently is littered with empty cans of spam and Vienna sausage. Yes. A lot of ramen noodles. Do, 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 do. Uh, anything else in the YouTube chat? David Vicar says, two days ago, my $100, $550 single entries had 0% ownership on the Yanks, and they bought, and they balled. I literally play Roto Premium for percent owned. Right, yeah, the, the Yankees against Manoa the other day, right? Like, no one played. Right, and then in the single entry, even less people played, right? And just like, you don't even have to be perfect. Like, like that's, that's, see, that's the point that I make about the smaller field stuff by playing more, con, more contrary, quote, more contrarian. Is that you, when, when, it does work out. You don't have to be perfect. You're you're rooting for failure of other lineups more so than your own, right? So you get you get a team that that goes off decently, you know, gets six or seven runs. You know, your stack is is the it's it's two percent owned, and then the chalk teams like there's one stack that's thirty percent owned, another one that's like eighteen percent owned, and they both fail. They only put two three runs or something like that, and one of the chalk pitchers gets killed or something. Like, dude, you can win those con. You can win the 121 single entry with like a, a lineup that is like 50 points lower than the large field contests. Like, you could have a zero. You could have snowflakes in your lineups at that point. You're 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 playing for the 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 lower scoring slates, like that. You just have to accept that you will not cash when the chalk hits. You just have to accept that. Just move on with your day. When John Birdie last afternoon hit the second home run, I'm I'm just I'm done. Right after the first home run, I'm probably done, but the second one definitely. That's just nailing the coffin. Uh, Doug Sellier says, "Anyone who doesn't buy the bat X and just run the optimal lineup for 50-50s, are you even DFSing?" It's what the pros do. Don't let them tell you any different. Well, that's I I literally tell you that. Understand that the top 20 lineups from any projection system, the difference in baseball with all the variants is not that dramatic. So if you want to play the top one, you want to play the fifth one, it doesn't matter. But yes, if you're playing 50-50s and head-to-heads, your process in playing them should be less than 60 seconds long. 60 seconds is a long time. All you should be doing is using some type of projection set, aggregating projections, whatever, and then pressing a button. 
or pressing a button for five lineups and you're choosing the one of the five that you like, whichever one, close your eyes, pick at random. It doesn't matter. That's why, why you think uh, talking about cash games, I find to be pointless on, on shows like this in 2022. Just look at the projections there. You're done. Alex Santi says MLB 50-50s are kind of sad. The higher stakes have so many dupes and the lower stakes aren't worth it. That's correct. I don't play MLB kicker. Every once in a while, I do. Everyone, ah, you know, you see overlay or something. Ah, it's 10 minutes before it's late and these double ups aren't filling or something. Ah, I'll throw something. Ah, try and try. Head to head lobby. I see some people I've never seen before. Ah, let me take a shot. I don't think it's worth I think MLB is much more of a GPP sport. And I think there's much more edge in the MLB GPPs than there are in cash games. For the variance of the swings that you'll go through in the cash games to be worth it. Okie doke. So anything else? I think it's a short show today. Anything else before we get out of here? Tomorrow, 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 I'll, I'll show some MMA stuff. That they can be used for any, any sport, remember. Concepts are still the same. It is a 15-fight card. Good for DFS. Better than an 11-fight card. And um, we got a six-game slate tonight. Six-game slate. And uh, they'll be talking all about it on Grinders Live later today. Grinders Live at 5? 5? 5? 4.45 maybe? Something like that. You'll see the thumbnail. You'll see it on the YouTube channel, right? Click that thumbs up button. Hit that subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. And remember, after Grinders Live, Crunch Time is free. Presented by FanDuel. It's free the entire season. So you get Roth. You get Cheese. You get Cardi. You get whoever. Whoever it happens to be on. Uh, and they, they'll go over the weather. I don't even look at the weather. Is there any weather problems going on tonight? I don't know. I'll look I'll look later. And Roth will update me on the show. Looking at live uh, forecast models and stuff. In, in case we need to. Right? So, uh, so hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. And I will see you tomorrow. Answering your DFS strategy questions, as I always do on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.